title of our series is the, and, and we, we ended our previous series and we've started our next series last Sunday. And the title of it is The Outlook of Gratitude. And um, I define for you what outlook is, <clears throat> and it's a place that is offering a view. An outlook is a place offering a view. And it's also defined as a view from a particular place. It's a view from a particular place, a place that is offering a view of something. And I shared with you last week how that in this attitude of, of us being thankful and, and having and, and, and being grateful and, and, and having gratitude toward life in, just in general, that there is a position that you have to come and get into so that you can view gratefulness and thankfulness in anything in life. Um, there's a passage of Scripture that we read last week, and it, and it said, be grateful in everything. In everything, not because of everything. I'm not grateful and thankful for some bad thing that happens in life. Oh, Lord, thank you that that bad thing happened to me. No, I'm not thankful for it, but I'm thankful for who God is in the midst of what I face or what happens to me. Even like what Sandra was saying earlier concerning the tithe and, and that, that the storms of life come. I mean, we live in physical bodies. We have emotions. We have attitudes and we have things that, that try to challenge us on a day-to-day -day basis. You can't ignore them, but you have to develop the way you respond to them. If you don't, they'll sink you. Literally, they'll sink you. And, and people think, ah, oh, no, they're, they're not going to see me. Okay, so you stay with it. Um, in, in, for, I read last week as two of our foundational scriptures, 1 Corinthians 15.57, in 2 Corinthians 2.14, uh, 15.57 says, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Is that past tense? No. I mean, I'm, I'm thankful for the victories that I've had in the past, but he's talking about now and in the future. Thanks be unto God who continuously gives me victory through my Lord Jesus Christ. The second, uh, second Corinthians 2 and 14. Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of His knowledge in every place. There's something about this outlook, this vantage point, this viewpoint of gratitude that actually smells good. It actually has a fragrance that smells good. Um, when you're watching somebody that is complaining, and, I, and I, I'm, I'm telling you today, I, I've come with both barrels loaded about thankfulness. It's the month of, of uh, November. It's the end of this month as we celebrate Thanksgiving, and uh, that's what we're talking about. We're going to talk about how that thankfulness actually is a weapon that will cause you to win in life all the time. I'm, I'm talking about all the time. Always thankful produces always being victorious. And, and someone might hear that statement and think, well, you know, that sounds a little corny. But if you follow along with what I'm going to share you in scripture, with, with you in Scripture today, and you allow those words to become a part of you, you'll see victory every single time. When you develop an attitude of gratitude, when you develop in you what it means to have an outlook of gratitude in what you're facing on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, I also read last week uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, and verse 16. Do you have that? Shortest verse in the Bible. I don't know why I always have to say that. Rejoice always. Second, shortest verse in the Bible. Pray without ceasing, verse 18. And in everything give thanks. 
in everything, not because of everything. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So I'm telling you today, if you've, if you've ever made this statement out of your mind, I just don't know what the will of God is for your life. Right there. You get that in your mouth and develop it in your heart and it will produce everything else. A grateful, thankful heart. You ever been around somebody that's complaining? I mean, and, and it's like, you see their name on your caller ID and you're thinking, hey, I, don't, I just don't want to listen to another thing. I don't want to listen to that another complaining thing about something that's happening or going on or about another person or about this, just, just that. And you know what? It, it doesn't smell good. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. It's not, a, it's not like a B.O., but it just doesn't have this good odor and feeling about it when you're a complainer. And people don't like to be around people that complain. God wants us finding Things to be grateful for. How many are breathing in here today? Woo! Glory to God. Thank you, Father, for the breath that we're breathing today. Amen? There's a lot of people that can't say that. Right? Um, how many are married today? Glory to God. Is your spouse still with you? Be thankful. Not everybody can say that. You understand? How many have a job today? Okay, not everybody can say they have a job. I mean, just about everybody can that wants one. You know, I mean, we, we're looking good right there right now. Amen. But, but, but being, being thankful for those kind of things. Just being thankful for what we have. You know what? No, nobody on planet Earth has to be nice to you. Nobody does. They can everybody on the planet can choose to try to make your day horrible. So be thankful for the ones that are nice. Focus on what's your view, what, what are you looking at? Because I promise you, whatever you're looking at is affecting what you're saying. Without a doubt. <clears throat> the word gratitude, other synonyms that go with the word gratitude are thankfulness, appreciation, giving credit to, recognition. Father, we just appreciate you today. Lord, we recognize what the blood of Jesus has accomplished for us. Today, Lord, we're acknowledging that you get the credit for everything in our lives. You know, um, and this was, I don't know, several years back, but I was, I was praying for somebody and something happened, and, our, and, and, and something good happened to the person that I was praying for. And I, re, I remember telling somebody that this person got free of whatever it was, and, and it was like I was taking credit for their deliverance or their healing or whatever the situation was. It was, like, it was like the way I was saying it was they got well because I prayed. Well, I prayed and that helped, but they got well because the blood of Jesus healed them. Amen? The body of Jesus liberated their lives. At the end of the day, we really can't take credit for anything. You don't get a badge for being thankful. Well, today I said four thank yous. I made five recognitions. And I'm not making joke of it, but, but I'm saying you don't get a badge for that. According to Romans 12, 1 and 2, that's our reasonable service. That's what the will of God is. When you get born again, the moment you get born again, and actually it was before you got born again, the will of God for your life is in everything to give thanks. And probably none of you in here like doing that all the time. I do. I love it. You know, I love giving thanks when I don't want to. No, that's a lie. None of us do. 
right? There's times when you don't want to give thanks. That's where you learn to develop an attitude that is grateful for what God has done. That's where my focus has to be on what he's done, not on what's trying to rob me of my attitude and my thankfulness and my gratefulness and my appreciation. It's trying to rob me and get me over here looking from this vantage point and this viewpoint that, you know, the whole world is, you know, a bunch of losers. Everybody does this for us. It's not one thing, it's another thing. You know, and, and, and people that are ungrateful, if you notice, they talk about what everybody else has done to them but the one central theme that's in everything everybody else does is them. And we don't like to hear that because that steps on all of our toes at different times. I'm just trying to tell you today, there is a weapon that will produce things in your life and it's the weapon of thankfulness, of appreciation, of gratitude, of, of acknowledging who the credit really goes to. A lot of people in the world think that Christians are a bunch of weak, snotty nose, you know, spineless wonders that have no ability to accomplish anything, that they trust in something that they can't see and that they're just weak. You have no idea. No, what, 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 what is weak is when you put faith in who you are and who you think you are and the ability that you think you have, that produces great weakness. Strength comes from trusting something on the inside of you just because it said so. That's where strength comes from. That's what we're talking about today. Um, if, uh, if Fabian had, if he had, let's say he had a house and he had a, he had a mortgage on the house for a couple hundred thousand dollars. And the Lord told me, he said, uh, I want you to pay Fabian's house off. Amen. He said, amen. <laughs> and uh, and I, I call Fabian on the phone and, and I say, um, Fabian, um, the other day God told me to pay your house off. And I don't hear anything on the other end of the phone. He goes, okay, well, it sounds good. Uh, but I'm not going to get too emotional about it and worked up about it till I see it happen. What's lacking in that scenario? Faith is lacking. Trust is lacking. Not believing, him not believing in what I told him. See, because in the real world, I know Fabian, and Fabian knows me. And if I call him on the phone and God tells me I'm supposed to pay off the mortgage of your house, how much is it? I'd probably have to pull the phone away from my ear because on the other end I'm hearing, glory be to God. He has not seen any money. He's not seen anything. What happened, what the deal is, he's giving thanks because of his trust in who said so. See, and, and my point is not him trusting me. My point is that's how we have to trust God. See, that's why this thankful thing is so real. And it has to work on the inside of us. And, and, and so when you don't feel thankful and he tells you it's his will to give thanks and gratitude and appreciation and acknowledgement to him, the more you do that, the more you get convinced that he will really do what he said he'll do. That's the power of the thankfulness that most people don't understand. The Bible's, it's, it's all through the Bible, and today I'm going to read a, uh, in a minute, not, not at the moment, but in a minute I'm going to read a story um, about a group in the Old Testament that had a real issue with complaining. And, and I want to look at this story just in a, in a number of different verses because I want to talk about how, how did they get there, and what would it have taken for them not to get the result that they got? I'm talking about the children of Israel in the wilderness. In the book of Psalms, it says that God led them out of the wilderness to lead them into the wilderness. 
I don't care who you've ever heard preached about the children of Israel, it was not God's will for them to, it's not, it wasn't God's number one will for the children of Israel to spend 40 years in the wilderness. It was His will for them to come out and go in. He led them by a different journey because he knew what was in their heart wasn't able to handle the pressure that was inside the land. There were giants, there were this, there was stuff going on. And they needed some development, so he led them not the shortest distance, but on a different path. So that what maybe it took six months, maybe a year, maybe a year and a half, maybe two, maybe three, but they all enter in. Instead of the millions that died in the wilderness. And why did they die? Because they didn't trust God and they didn't develop. I said develop. Everybody say develop. They didn't develop the attitude and the outlook of gratitude and thankfulness. That's what you have to be busy doing every day of your life, developing that attitude of thankfulness toward God about how great He is. And the more thankful that you become with your mouth, even if you don't feel that way, the more it will begin to be the way it is on the inside of you. And when it's that way on the inside, no matter what comes, well, you know what, Lord? I know that wasn't necessarily from you. Today I'm acknowledging how great that you are. You told me it's your will for me in the midst of everything to give you thanks. And today I'm acknowledging, Lord, that the greater one lives in me and I can get through this with your power and with your strength. I can get through this and I can see things established in my life and I will not let the way it looks today dictate and direct my future. Amen? And if you don't fill your mouth and you don't learn to fill your mouth like that and you give in to every situation that comes down the road, you'll end up being a very bitter person. I know lots of Christians that are bitter people. Lots. I had the potential to be bitter in my life, like you did, but I choose not to be. Amen? I'm grateful, thankful for the great things that God has done. Amen? Remember, everybody breathe in. Breathe out. You're breathing. Amen? Well, you know, I just don't have anything to be thankful. You're breathing. Glory to God. Give God glory. Start with something. Find something to give praise. Don't focus. Don't be focusing on what's not working. I'm not talking about denying it. I'm just saying don't let that be your total focus day to day. <clears throat> Today in my life, when I see a battle, when I see a battle, I see the victory because I'm thankful. When I see a battle, I see the victory because I'm thankful. It's like, it's, it's like if, um, you know, if this cord right here, if this, I won't mess it up. If this cord was my, my thankful stick, my thankful wire, and all of a sudden, something comes at me and there's a battle. My faith is in my thankfulness. My faith is in doing the will of God. See, ultimately your faith is in God, but how many times have you or you know people that have talked about having faith in God, but they're in fear of everything? Well, I'm just, just trusting God. And I'm not saying there's not times when you don't feel like crying, trusting God. But I'm saying, until you get the weapon in your mouth of understanding how beneficial it is for you to give thanks and glory to God, then you're going to continually have that, that outlook, that viewpoint, that position, you'll be looking at the issues that are wrong, the problems, instead of acknowledging how he, great He is. That's what you have to develop on a day-to-day -day basis. You have to have confidence that it's there. 
the situation with Brian falling off the roof. I mean, you know, everybody lives in the real world. You know what that's like. I mean, he's not working. Uh, you know, uh, the most expensive hotel room on the planet is at the hospital. Right? And you know how it's like you kind of think it's going to be one thing and it's, you know, ten times that price. I mean, I mean, there's just stuff like that happening. I mean, just if you've ever been in those type of situations, there's just stuff. So here it comes. Here's something. It happened. He didn't, he, he wasn't, he didn't go to work that day to fall off the roof. But something happened. But what did he say the will of God is? To give thanks in every situation. Not because he fell off the roof, but that God is greater than falling off the roof. He's his healer. He's his provider. He's everything. And that's what has to be coming out of our mouths on a day-to-day basis. That's why this whole year we've taught about a daily routine of God's Word coming out of our mouths. Because the confession and declaration of the Word of God, it's not coming out of my mouth in the form of a daily routine to change my circumstances today. What it's doing is changing the way I think and it's changing the attitude of my heart so that when I face things like this, I'm prepared to put the Word on that situation by faith in God. Remember, okay, here it is. Yeah, but, but I've got my thankful weapon. See, I believe in it. Father, I, I don't know about this situation. I don't know what I'm going to do. Lord, I feel like fear's gripping my heart, but I know that you're greater than this situation. I know you are. I know that your word is true. You've been true. Lord, I'm, as they said earlier, I'm a tither. You said that as a tither, that one that believes in tithing, that the devourer is rebuked on my behalf. Lord, I acknowledge that today and I give you glory and praise. And Lord, in the natural, all the circumstances aren't worked out. But I know you're bigger than the circumstances. And daily, I will continue to thank you. And I thank you for wisdom and understanding how to walk this thing out. Listen. Living in God and in His kingdom is very, very simple. But it's not easy. And because it's so simple, people think, mistake the simplicity of the kingdom of God as they mistake it for, well, I'm just not sure about it. It couldn't be just that simple that I'm developing. Well, it is that simple. But it's not that easy because even when you're not seeing things change in the natural, I have to keep doing what he says. That's his will, to create this grateful attitude and grateful heart. That's his will. And when I do that, it produces what he said it will produce, and that's where my faith has to be. And if I'm not seeing it today, if I'm not seeing it manifested today, then what, I'm going to give up? Thank God that Jesus didn't give up. Did he have a chance? In the garden, Father, if we had the rest of his conversation in the garden with the Father, I think it would possibly could have been something like this. Lord, I've, I've, I've told all the people on planet Earth that I've preached to that I did not come here to do my will, but only your will. That's what he told them. Time and time again, we see that in the Gospels. He didn't come to do His will. He came to do the will of the Father. But Lord, today, this thing is becoming heavier than I had any clue. Remember, He's all God, but He's all man. And not only did He take all the sins of the people that had ever lived and ever will live, but He took on Himself what would have been a sin coming from His life even if He did. And right here, he had the opportunity to give in. Lord, if there's any other way. Does it sound like doubt to you? I believe in the garden, he began to experience and realize what he was going to actually go through. And it was overwhelming. Lord, if there's any other way, but the greatest 
the greatest act of submission that the world has ever known that empowers you and I to choose God in every situation that we face. And what was it? Not my will, but yours be done. What's the will of God? What did I read to you that the will of God is for your life? To give thanks in everything. And when you work that out within yourself and you make that a part of your life, in the seed of the word that you're declaring on a day-to-day basis is your deliverance. It's in the seed itself. Where, where, where is, if you plant, if you plant any kind of seed, you plant a, a cucumber seed and you put it in the ground, where is the ability for that thing to produce? It's in the seed itself. It's going to take some help and some work with the soil and, and moisture and, the, and, and, and whatever it needs, it, it needs. I was going to say fertilizer, but you know, there's a bunch of crud and all that. But you know what I'm saying. It, has, it needs the moisture. It needs the soil. This, it's got to come together. It's, and and it's, got to, it's got to produce. But the ability for that thing to produce is in the seed itself. And who's the ultimate sower? The sower of the Word. How do you sow the word? Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. I'm sowing it. In that, in saying it like that, it produces the harvest that I'm looking for when I've got something staring me down two barrels telling me God can't do what he said he can do. What it takes is me developing daily this attitude of gratitude and thankfulness and this outlook of gratitude and seeing how I'm going to perceive these things. I have the Holy Ghost. I have the Word of God. He will reveal to me what the answer is if I learn how to give a grateful, thankful declaration in the midst of anything that I face. There lies our key. You can choose to believe that or not believe it, but I promise you what you're saying today has already identified what you believe. If you're a complainer, you don't believe this yet. No day like the present to begin to change that by finding things to be thankful for and acknowledging to God how grateful and thankful that you are for everything that he's done for you. No day like the present to make the changes. So what I'm saying is, you can be the most negative person on the planet and make a decision today to make the change and start changing today. You know another thing you can do? How many know people that are complainers? Come on. You know somebody that's a complainer person sitting next to you may be saying, what are they raising their hand for? They're a complainer all the time, right? So you know somebody that's a complainer. Listen, those who are spiritual are going to help restore other people. One of the greatest things you can do is pray, Ephesians 1 and 3, over other people every day. Praying that they have a spirit of wisdom and understanding, that their eyes be opened up to see things. Don't don't pray how they need to change and what they need to do and try to manipulate their life. Just pray the word over them and watch people's lives begin to change. You can be actively changing your life. Everybody should be. I am daily changing my life all the time about what I say. Challenged all the time, getting better all the time about what I say and how grateful that I am instead of complaining about anything. If he said it's his will for you to be thankful about in everything, then there's nothing to be unthankful for. So you got a lot of work. Remember, it's simple, but it's not easy. If it's easy, there'd be a multi-level marketing company already created. Hmm? It'd be the first company of the right sayers. Get these people in your download and your, your chain and man, you'll make all kinds of money. Well, whatever. Sorry, I'll shut up. So, let's just look at this story real quick and then and, and, I, and I'll finish. Numbers chapter 13 and verse 1. And I wanna, I'm going to make a couple of points just as we go through this.
And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I'm giving to the children of Israel from each of their fathers. You shall send a man, every one a leader among them. So God is telling Moses to send these people to the promised land, the things that he's promised them. And he said, go and see the land that I've given you. Okay? So they prepare and, 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 and everything gets you know, pretty well established and they're ready to go. And so in verse 17 he says, Then Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan that God had given them and said to them, Go up this way into the south and go up to the mountains and see what the land is like, whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, few or many, whether the land they dwell in is good or bad, whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds, whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are forests there or not. Be of good courage and bring some of the fruit home because the wife and I are hungry, right? And he said, so did you see any of that where, where he's commissioning them to go, did you see him anywhere say, go see if we can make a living there? Go see if we can handle the giants that are there. Go see if we can accomplish this thing. Not one time. No, God said, send them there and go let them see and spy out the land that I've already given them. God said, I've given you the land already. Moses said, just go see the condition of it right now and bring back the report. So they go and they come back and we're just jumping ahead to verse 27. Then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It's true, it truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains. Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses. How many have ever heard of, heard of Caleb? Anybody? If you ever heard of Caleb in the Bible, raise your hand. It's important that you raise your hand. How many have seen him? How many, have ever, how many know the name of the guy that talked first? No? Well, I don't see his name either. Anyway, he just, he just I don't know if he was self-appointed or what the deal was, but he started talking, right? And uh, so Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, remember, they came and they talked to all of them, all the people of Israel, they're talking to them. Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. So what is Caleb doing? He's giving Moses the report of what he was asked to go and view. He wasn't asked, he wasn't asked, you know, are they bigger than us? Are they going to take us out? Are they, you know, can we not get, get these guys? No, Caleb is looking out, listening to this report from this other guy. Maybe they didn't even talk about it. There were 12 of them. And there was Caleb and Joshua with a good report, as we're reading right here. And the other 10, you know, I, I don't know, maybe they conspired after Caleb and Joshua went to sleep on the road home or whatever, and, and, they're, and they're saying, you know what, this is crazy. We can't go here. There's no way we can take this. And yet, and yet, the God that they serve said, to Moses and through Moses. Go spy out the land that I've already given you. I'm telling you today, God's already given you everything you find in the word that, he said, that, that is a promise of his. It's already yours. It's ours because of the blood of Jesus. Not because we deserve it, it's because of the blood of Jesus. It's already ours. Can you say amen to that? But I have to believe that it's mine. If not, I'm living my life not being a recipient of what the blood of Jesus has already accomplished for me. He doesn't go back to the cross every time there's a mistake or a tough situation that looks like you don't have the ability to overcome. Your future is in your mouth. 
Because your mouth is the key to change the way that you think. If you're sitting out here today listening to me and you don't agree with me, that's fine. You don't have to agree with me. Because I always challenge everybody that ever listens to what I preach. You go to the Word and you decide for yourself. But if what I'm saying is true and you're not believing it because of the way you think, listen to me, then you have to change the way you think. And the only way that you'll change the way that you think is by changing what you say. Because the Bible says it. Life and death, either blessing or curses in life, come from the power of the tongue based on what you say. Our whole series based out of James chapter 3 and verse 2, you find a, perfect, you, you find a man that is well-developed in life, it's one who's got control of his tongue. Same way that you control a horse with the bit in the horse's mouth and the rudder of a ship, you control a man by what he says. And when you find an ungrateful, complaining person that's blaming everybody on the planet for their problems and their issues, that person can be delivered and set free, but they have to change what they say. That's where it starts. That's not the, that's not the end all, but that's where it starts. And when you begin to change that, it begins to change the way you think, and it begins to develop in you an ability to be grateful and thankful for what you face. The reason God didn't lead these people into the promised land, it was an 11-mile journey. Okay? It's like going to, from here to comfort. or something. Maybe that's a little longer, but you get, you get the gist. That's how long. Okay, so there's however many million, several million people. They're all traveling together. I mean, it could take them into the week, right? It could take seven days to get there with that many people traveling. But they all died out there, and they didn't, none of them went in for 40 years. And he, the Bible says in the book of Exodus that he led them, not the shortest journey, but on a different path, because he had to develop some things in them. And every time something happened that didn't suit what they wanted and the way they wanted it to be, they complained. Every single time they complained. Instead of remembering what God had done in Egypt, grabbing their children's hands and their wives, and you know what, let's come out here and let's begin to thank God that even though there appears there's no water, God can produce water out of nothing. Did they do that? No, but the mercy of God gave them water two different times. Even though they're up against the Red Sea and here come the Egyptian army and it looks like we're going to be taken out. Lord, you promised us that you, would, you were taking us out. So you go back to what the Word says. You promised us that you were taking us out of Egypt to lead us into the promises. So Father, today we acknowledge we see the Egyptians coming, but we know you're greater. If you have to part the Red Sea, to get us through, that's what will happen. Did that happen? The Red Sea parted, but not because of their gratefulness and their grateful attitude. Red Sea parted because of the mercy of God. And it happened time, food, happened time and time again. Time and time and time again, they complained and complained and complained, and the mercy of God was there until. Until, in that dispensation of time, the mercy of God ran out. And you know who determines whether the mercy of God runs out or not today? God's already, His mercy is there. He's already judged us. Everything has already been judged. You're determining in your life whether the mercy of God is going to work for you or not based on what you choose. God gave us that choice in the, in the, in the power. The mercy of God will never go to an end. It didn't, the mercy of God didn't end during the time of the children of Israel, it ended for them because of their choices. But the deal with us is this. You can miss it, and you can complain your way into total destruction, and the moment you make a choice, bam, the table turns. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus. Father, I've lived my whole life complaining. I ask you to, today to forgive me. I'm realizing something here. I'm seeing something that I've never seen before. Lord, I don't understand it. I know it's not going to be, a sim it's not going to be an easy thing, but I, I choose to change what I say. And I, today I just begin to thank you that I'm alive. I thank you, Father, that 
you, you've, you're, you've saved me. Thank you that you're saving my family. I thank you that all these things. And, and just begin the development of thanksgiving out of your mouth, and you watch what happens. If you've never developed thanksgiving, if you've never developed an attitude of thanksgiving in your life, how do you know whether it'll work or not? You don't. And if you've done it before and you just kind of quit and you just relate and go back to some of the complaining issues and attitudes that you've had, repent for it and just change it and move on. I'm telling you, forgiveness in God is a simple thing, but it's not an easy thing because you have to work at staying with what you really believe you're, you're wanting to accomplish in your life. It's a simple thing. But nothing's easy if it's worth it. Can you say amen to that? Ever. So, <clears throat> Caleb quieted the people. I'll go back to the verse I was reading. He quieted the people. And um, let's go take it. He said, we can do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, remember that you don't know who they are. You know, people that are complainers kind of go down in history as being unnamed. We are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out saying. Which they had spied out saying they gave a bad report which they were saying. The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. They just went to spy the land out. They didn't know that. And all the people whom they saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak that came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. That might be true. And we were, we were so in their sight. Well, how do they know that? Because they're viewing what they think those people think based on what they're thinking. So as a result of that, 14th chapter in the first verse. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and begin to thank God. When you're in the midst of a battle and you're crying, anybody like war movies? War, war movies? Anybody like to watch war movies? Okay. The guys that are crying in the foxholes, they're the strong ones. They're the weak ones. I'm not, I've never been in a foxhole, you know, on a beachhead, you know, coming off of fighting and people shooting at me. I, I, don't, I, I may be crying myself. I don't know, you know. I'm just saying. I, I haven't been there. I'm just making the point. The criers in those type of battles are the weak ones. Children of Israel lift up their voices and they're crying. And the people wept all night. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron and the whole congregation. Their fault. Complainers are always blaming other people. Always. If we only had died in the land of Egypt. What? What God went through, what they saw God do, and not one of them were touched, not a hair on their head was touched. And people everywhere around them were died and had all kinds of contamination of all stuff that happened. And, and had we died, they left Egypt with all Egypt's money, all their goods, all their cattle. I mean, they had everything. They were wealthy people going into the promised land. If it took them six months, if it took them a year, if it took a couple of years, they had to work out some things on the inside, and they weren't getting it. And we see it really clear right now. Had we died in Egypt, or if only we had died in the wilderness, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should be victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said one to another, let's find a, a real leader that's going to lead us back into bondage. And Moses and Aaron fell on their face and, and, and the children of Israel. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Je whoever that is, who were 
among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes, and they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, which he does, God delighted and, and said, I've given you this land. A land which flows with milk and honey. And they testified of that, even the naysayers did. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is not, the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. And all the congregation said to stone them with stones, and the glory of the God, and the, and the glory of God fell. I mean, you know what? If I was God, there'd be some frustration. Hear these people saying the things that they're saying. Look, look, look at all, all the things that, that they're saying. And they're ready to go back to Egypt. Going to find them another leader. Joshua and Caleb are encouraging them that this is that land. It's what God has given us. And here's the picture for you and I on a day-to-day -day basis. Every day, there are things from a viewpoint or a vantage point that looks a certain way. And if this is the negative side, if you're looking through this, then that's what's going to be coming out of your mouth. In the middle, you have the Word of God, and when you begin to develop a daily routine of declaring all the promises and the great things of God, it begins to bring you from here to here. But it's something that has to be worked out day to day. And if you don't choose to believe what I'm saying today, in that you have to work it out and nobody can work it out for you. People can help you. We're helping you. I'm helping you today and giving you what I'm giving you. I'll pray with you. I pray for everybody in this church on a daily basis. I never miss a day because if you're going to hear a word like this, you need to be prayed for. Paul said, I can't not pray for the church at Ephesus because of the things that he was delivering to them in the form of the word of God. You need to be prayed for every day, but it's still your choice. And when we begin to get this new vantage point and this new view of how God is and what God is doing and, and how good God is on a daily basis, we, we can be grateful and thankful. And I, I tell you what, a person that changes what they say and changes their attitude, it, it, it actually it, it shocks your subconscious. Your subconscious mind gets shocked by things that you, you're saying that are not coming from your subconscious. They're coming from inside of you. Your conscience, your conscience is the Holy Spirit inside of you that's one with your spirit. And when that's delivering information to you that's coming to your mind, and you're speaking out of your mouth, and your subconscious is loaded with all this stuff from the past and all this negative mess and filth that we've acquired through the years... Man, it, it, it's, it's sent it into shock. What's going on? What is this? What are these words coming out of that person's mouth? It should be this negative stuff. That's how you change it. And I'll end with this verse. <clears throat> Philippians 4 tells us exactly how to do this. You go home and meditate on these, on these three verses of Scripture. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. You've got you to change the crying and the begging and go before God thanking Him for what His promises are. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God, which passes, surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything worthy or, or anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Right there is the how-to of 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18. This is the how-to. This is how you give thanks in every situation. This is the how-to. That's the instruction manual right there. <clears throat> 
I'll just, I'll just tell you a couple things, and I'm, and I'm closing with this. What you're not thankful for, think of it the way I've worded this. What you're not thankful and grateful for, you will potentially lose. What you're not grateful and thankful for, you will potentially lose. You don't have to, but potentially you're set up to lose whatever it is. A person, a relationship, things in the natural. I mean, I don't care what it is. Across the board, whatever you're not thankful for and grateful for, you're set up to lose. But whatever you're thankful for positions you to receive Every single time. Did you hear me? It positions you to receive from God. I don't know about you. That convinces me how to be thankful for everything, every person, every situation that I'm in. Being thankful in the situations for the people, no matter what they do or haven't done. I choose to be thankful and grateful. I choose to develop that outlook of gratitude that will literally change my whole life. Remember, like in anything else, what you do breeds the next thing. So thankfulness breeds what? Thankfulness. Being thankful breeds being thankful and developing a life of thankfulness. Unthankfulness breeds an unthankful attitude and it it causes people around you to be the same exact way. I choose.